Uh, yes, welcome to the unsportsmanlike. He hung up. He hung up. <laughs> Please tell me you were recording that. Oh yeah. sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Special episode today with uh, Mr. Pep and myself. We are doing it from live from Stanley's Bar and Grill in the Kanata Sensplex. Pat, how are we doing today? How was your commute out here to K-Town? Actually, it wasn't too bad. I, uh, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you doing? Can't complain. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, no traffic. Well, I mean, I left my house at 10, so I think traffic subsides westbound by that time. But uh, this is nice. I've been to the Sensplex to watch hockey, but I didn't realize they had a restaurant up here. This is nice. Yeah, this is... Uh, it's all right, eh? I didn't even know it was in here initially. But uh, we played in that Rinks and Links tournament last year. Okay. And, uh, I mean, we get here at 7 in the morning for a full day of hockey and then golf. And they had, uh, like, a breakfast buffet for us. And, uh, anyway, it was, it's, this is it's, lovely. it's a lot bigger than I thought it was yeah. up here. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm officially, as of yesterday, 6 p.m., I'm officially on holiday for the rest of the month. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, I'm looking for a pint. So, um all right. Well, yeah. I guess, but maybe uh, a first break. We'll uh, we'll flag down the old uh, the old server there, and uh, it's not old, but okay. No, we'll, we'll get you. We'll, we'll get, get you a pint. We'll get you some yeah, booze yeah, in there. Thanks, pal. Pep, he flows a lot better when he's when he's exactly. boozing oh, up. All absolutely. Right. Uh, Housekeeping. Right. What do we got to Housekeeping, talk about? Housekeeping. Yeah, uh, we are here actually. Uh, shout out to my nephew Kane, who's in a hockey <laughs> tournament. That's why we're. Uh, uh, we're on this location. We actually got a nice little spot overlooking the rink that he's going to be playing on. So uh, I feel like we're broadcasters. It kind of, you know, I think some people might think we are. I'll be Bob Cole. Uh, I'll be annoying. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'll be like that kid and that kid, and then it's Kane. Everybody oh, else, wait I have a, no idea. Wait a second, B. They don't have names on the back of their jerseys. Oh, the white team does. Okay. Oh, okay. Does Kane's team have a. Okay. That'll be a different episode because <laughs> okay, we're not going to be no, we're not going to broadcast. Uh, you and all the jerseys are too big, so the names all uh, wrinkled up and stuff. So we'd just be mashing up some names. Hey, that kid five just threw a body check. Did you see that? No. Biggest kid on the ice. Anyway, this is this That's is interview. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Let's. I got to uh, rain him in. Okay. Rain sorry. In. Sorry. All right. Kane's an attorney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a shout out to uh, some of our listeners who've actually uh, posted screenshots. I don't know if you saw that. I think you did of their, uh, I guess Spotify kind of gives you a year roundup of what you're listening to most and uh, your top playlists and stuff. And there's uh, multiple people who've sent screenshots um, of our podcast being one of the top things they listen to all year, which is awesome. So yeah, it's shout pretty out cool. to those guys. Yeah. It's funny that, you know, it's like Facebook when the, at the end of the year, as we get closer to the New Year's, I think New Year's Eve, they send out a clip of like your, your most liked post or something right. like that. I think Spotify and uh, <clears throat> iTunes, I'm sure they're doing the same Yeah, I'm going to have to thing. check. Cause That's I, pretty uh, cool. Shout yeah. out to Steve McGlade, who, uh, who I saw last weekend, who was one of the guys that posted a picture of uh, his most listened to uh, podcast. And he's pretty particular, so... Um, Thanks, man. Uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for... He's always promoting the, the podcast to all his baseball and hockey buddies, so... 
I appreciate it. Yeah, and I appreciate that too. And shout out to Mike Dean. He showed me it uh, the other night too. So, um, anyway. Yeah, uh, thanks a lot, boys. Things are great. So, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, speaking of holidays and Christmas, um, if you are looking for a special gift that you haven't picked up yet. For a loved one? Or, or a friend? Or a gag gift, even. It really yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, we have a few T-shirts that are left for sale. Most people have gotten theirs, but we have a few left. So if you're looking for a T-shirt, hit us up. We'll get you one before Christmas. And uh, just, I think I just sold one. Curtis is uh, next to us, and he just re- realized he's got to buy one. Oh, okay. fantastic. Uh, on, by the same token, I want to thank everybody who donated to my GoFundMe page. Uh, I, raised, I was able to raise $1,000 to the penny to donate to uh, families dealing with cancer over the Christmas holidays. Um, I'm still waiting for GoFundMe to deposit it into my bank account. There was an issue. I had, I had just entered the wrong, wrong information. So um, they've now fixed that, and it's going to go into my account within two to five business days. When it does, I'm going to run over to the Ottawa Hospital, deliver the cash to the um, F- Ottawa Foundation, who distributed to the different departments. So thanks to everybody who donated. It was, it's a really great cause, and I'm, uh, I'm super pumped that we raised 1000 It was 400 bucks over my... My little goal that I set for myself on that page. So, uh, really great. Uh, Brian Boswell, my buddy Boz, yeah. uh, was uh, DJ. was the uh, Trailer Park Boys personal driver last weekend when they were in town. He Weird. knew that I was raising money, and he um, they have the, their own liquor whiskey bottle that they've created. Okay, yeah. And he got them to sign it. Each one of them signed it, so he's asking me to, well, he's going to give it to me. Uh, with the intention of me auctioning it off for money for for the same cause. So I'm probably going to miss the boat this year, so I'll hang on to it, or I might wait for another cause. Uh, Boz, it's going to be tough timing, but either way, it's going to go towards charity, so thanks again for that. Or, yeah, just get uh, even tickets just a raffle, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where you don't have to do everybody together for the the auction. might be a bit tougher, but a raffle. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I want to shout you out for your efforts in in terms of your uh, uh, philanthropist's bone in your body. You do very good stuff for for the general hospital and for, uh, um, you know, the cancer wards there as well and i think uh i think that goes a long way and we talked about it before we talked about that whole uh you know buy me a coffee thing that we were doing and um you know raise money i guess for you know we were looking at like technical stuff for the podcast but really we have the majority of what we need for sure we don't need a lot for sure um we don't do this for the money either uh whatsoever but one of the things that uh you know i guess just came to mind when we were talking about your fundraising is maybe using this platform as a way to um, to get more people involved in terms of fundraising and, and donating to worthy causes. So um, that being said, with the whole buy me a coffee thing, um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to try and keep a bit of a balance for the podcast so that when things come up uh, and different times of year and, you know, different uh, situations that we come across. If we have stuff in that account, then we can donate it on behalf of the show and, For and sure. all of our listeners. Um, Before you continue, Brock, can you just explain to the listeners because we have some new, some new subscribers sure. as of as of I think a couple weeks ago. Uh, two of my Welcome. friends, were, yeah, may, maybe they're not aware of what Buy Me a Coffee is. Yeah, so uh, Buy Me a Coffee is uh, basically a way to uh, donate money 
to well this show so it's uh it's kind of along the premise of hey buy me a coffee it's three dollars four dollars it's not uh uh it's not asking for a, a ton of money but you you have the option of going on to uh this buy me a coffee site and uh and donating right to the uh to the program um, usually there's a link. I say usually there's a link in the in the episode description because there's a couple times I've forgotten to put it. So I got to get on that and make sure I'm there. But there should be a link in the episode description where you can click on it. You'll bring right to the Unsportsmanlike Convo um, Buy Me a Coffee page. And there you can decide to buy one coffee, two coffees. You can, you can buy a, a coffee a month. You know, people can do... Uh, um, Again, it's not an actual coffee. Correct. Well, no. It's, it's a play not. on words. Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a cheeky way of getting donations. Yeah. I guess. Really. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's a, it, it was interesting. I, again, I saw it on a YouTube video I was watching, and the guy said, "Oh, you know, if this helped you in any way, and you wanted to buy me a coffee, you know, click the link below." And I took a look at it. I was like, "Oh shit!" I'm like, "That's kind of cool." Um, and uh, yeah. Anyway, I want to say this about uh, all this stuff, technical wise. Uh, I know that wasn't very technically sound, even that <laughs> even that one comment. But anything that is anything that has been established in terms of, I would even say our logo to the shirts, to the equipment we use, to this buy me a coffee setup, to Spotify and all that stuff is all Brock. I'm just I just show up and he hands me a mic and I talk. So just to, for all of our listeners, I. I don't do a whole lot in terms of the technical side, um, not because I don't want to, but I really don't know how. So it's more Brock. Uh, Brock handles all this stuff, so i got to show you out, pal, yeah, for setting all this up. It's, uh, it's wicked, and, uh, you know, yeah, it's been fun. It's worked out well. Yes. We've done it, uh, you know, again, on, for the most part on the cheap, and uh, I think the sound keeps getting better. And if we get the one section in terms of the remote for you, then it'll be even better. I'm on it. Um, shout out to, uh, I think it was Rob Fleming, maybe, who did a, who bought us a couple coffees. I think he bought us 15 coffees. Rob bought us 15 coffees? Yeah. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Your dad's the out. best, man. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid him saying it my Your father. Your dad is the best. <laughs> um, I love you. <laughs> all right. On the, uh, the donating train, I would like to give a shout out to a couple gentlemen that uh, we both know. Uh, well, Nader Falala, who did our shirts. Yes. Um, but he's partnered with uh, Jeff Cardi, and they uh, have oh. started, uh, I guess, a movement called uh, with Conquer Clothing. Conquer, C-O-N-Q-U-E-R, I believe. And uh, the whole premise behind it is, uh, is raising money and awareness for mental health. So I know uh, Jeff uh, you know, has had his own struggles, and it's a it's a a cause that's very near and dear to them, and uh, they've created this Conquer clothing brand, and uh, you know the mission on the back of the shirts and stuff. I believe say like uh, uh, message first, clothing second. So the whole thing was to get that message out and to to get people aware um, and to help end the stigma of mental health. Um, and they just uh, recently were able to donate, I think, $500 based on the, the, the sales of their clothing and, or pair, apparel. And um, I believe Saturday night at yes. the Waverly. On Elgin. On Elgin. They will be having sort of a, I don't know what you call it, an open house kind of thing yeah. where you can go. Those two gentlemen will be there. But uh, I believe you can buy gear there, but you can also donate um, and I think part of the there might be a charge at the door or something. It yeah. is. It's another fundraising event for uh, Conquer Clothing, 
And that, again, is a Waverly on Elgin Street, Saturday night, this Saturday, which is December, well, what are we today? December Sixth, 8th. December 7th. So, yes, yeah, sorry. And uh, I think I saw yeah. that there's a there's a Facebook page for it too, or a Facebook event. I thought saw that come across my feed. So yeah, uh, I I actually had it marked on my agenda because uh, obviously that's a, an issue that I yeah. I live with. Um, Five hundred bucks is not e- not easy to raise. I'm I'm gonna as somebody who's done a lot of fundraising in the last decade, uh, uh, not a lot. I've, man, I'm not sure how the, what the tally of how much I've actually raised, but I've done a lot of like events. It, it's no it's no joke. It's no Certainly. joke. It's no joke. It is uh, 500 bucks uh, if, if you're selling clothing. Let's say you're selling a sweater for 20 bucks or 25 bucks. That's four sweaters times five. You know, he has 20 sweaters. I mean, it's not easy. And especially around Christmas time, you know, with uh, everyone's got a, a budget for Christmas. So congratulations to, uh, I don't think I know that fella, Jeff, you said? Jeff. Um, I don't know him, but congratulations. You would know him if you saw him because yeah? he's the size of, yeah. of the, uh, the Hulk. Like oh, he's, he's a ginger yeah? Hulk. He's the only guy I know who... Eats so much that it makes me go, wow. Really? Like he, after the Bulldog, Jeff. he would get two bazooka shawarmas oh my God. to go home. He'd eat oh a large pizza himself. He's always, again, that's why he's ginormous. I didn't know there was a second Ginger Hulk. I thought the only Ginger Hulk we knew was sitting right beside me. Curtis? Yeah. He's not Ginger. Well, was... <laughs> not that he's there's anything ginger. wrong with that. He likes Ryan Ginger, so that's close enough. He likes Ryan oh, Ginger. Oh, yeah, he looks familiar. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I've seen him around the ranks. Yeah, lovely guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, kudos to him. And I, I, maybe maybe I'll leave with the sweater. Who knows? Yeah, actually, uh, the, the apparel is very nice. Yeah. Again, they make the same stuff. Natter had him made, so it's uh, along the same lines. Yeah, Nat, I'm wearing my shirt right now, Natter, if you're listening, and it's uh, it's awesome. I love well. it. It looks yeah. good. Yeah, really good job, man. Thank you. All right. That's pretty Good much timing. our housekeeping. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and actually talk some uh, some sports-related news, I guess. Sports. Sports. Here for sports. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All right, that's the uh, headline of You See What I'm Saying. So what's the topic for today, Pep? Well, we have a couple of topics. Uh, the, uh, the hot topic, the one that uh, I think has sort of flown under the radar. I thought it was going to get more, more publicity or more, uh, more news than it actually has, considering, you know, the sensitive society that we live in. Uh, but uh, with Tim Ryan, he's a football broadcaster for the San Francisco 49ers, also a mm-hmm. former player, but I don't think he had a very long career. Um, he said something very controversial. Uh, was it during the game or after the game? Uh, it was It was after the game. I think it was on uh, you know his radio show, whatever, or he was a guest on it. Um, you, you have the, was talk- I have the clip. You have the clip. Why don't we play the clip, and then we'll, uh, you and I can go uh, dig a little deeper. Sounds good. He's really good at that fake, yeah. Lamar Jackson, but when you, you consider the when he's his dark skin color with a dark football with a dark uniform, you could not see that thing. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the match point. That's his quote. So that was uh, if, for those of you who uh, don't know the sort of the backstory. The Niners played the Ravens uh, this past weekend in a very very entertaining game. It was seventeen seventeen going in, and of course, automatic Tucker kicks a field goal in a windy, blustery, rainy day. Yep. Um, to uh, to win it for the Ravens, but that's the. That's the back, back story. And uh, 
Yeah. Brock, your, your thoughts on that? You know, you sort of prefaced it with our sensitive society. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of what this falls into. Now, Tim has come on and he's apologized. Um, but to be perfectly, again, to be honest, I don't think, I don't think it was that big of a deal, to be honest. He's a football analyst. He's analyzing an aspect of the game. Play fakes and the deception is obviously a big part of what makes a fake successful or not. And big part of their offense, too. And their offense is predicated on that. Um, now, the game in question, you know, again, was the Ravens were wearing all-black uniforms. It was pouring rain, so the balls are soaked. And they're darker. You soak a football, it's pretty damn dark. And, uh, you know, dark pants and stuff as well. Anyway, I, I think it's a valid point. So, I, but I don't want to come off as thinking that I'm insensitive to it. I understand where some people are coming from, but I think it's also, it's blown out of proportion. I thought it was interesting too. Eric Weddle played, uh, plays with the Rams, free safety for the Rams, the week before said, he couldn't, when they snapped the ball and, and Lamar Jackson would roll back, he couldn't see where the ball was. Not because of the color of skin, not because the, the deception is so good. He does such a good play, play fake that he doesn't know if the running back's got the ball, if Lamar Jackson has the ball, if it's a wildcat, someone else has got the Like, it was, he's completely lost. On top of that, their linemen pull really well, so you've got a bunch of people running different ways, and by the time you see Jackson, he's full speed. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like you can break down and make a move on him. He's coming at them full speed by the time they actually see where the ball or he is, or Jackson is. So I'm not sure if Tim Ryan was like taking that to the next level with that conversation. My my take on this is this, and I'm I'm going to keep this my take short and sweet. It, it just it's stupid. It, it, just just say it's a good fake, and they they, they you know they're good with the ball in terms of uh, in, in terms of deception ball handling. You don't need to go there. He should know better than to talk about the color of a person's skin when you're taught when you're analyzing football. End of discussion, as far as I'm concerned. Do I think he was malicious? Do I think he's racist? No, of course not. He was trying to be analytical, and he went in a direction where he didn't even have to go. Really, he could have made his point without doing without comparing the ball to skin to to jersey. To it just didn't make a lot of sense to me to go there. That's all. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's. I think, and I think he got a one-game suspension because um, he apologized. Had he had he been like you know Don Cherry combative, I think he would have gotten more. I think he did the right thing by apologizing and saying oh, I was just trying to make a point, and I'm, I apologize if I offended anybody. He's not wrong. It's just, is it was it necessary? I mean, it does play into the game. So when I was looking for this quote the actual uh, audio of the quote. I found it on uh, a YouTube broadcast of this uh, uh, Breakfast Club Power 105.1. And um, I ended up listening to their reaction to the quote. And that sparked a little bit more comments I wanted to make. So if you bear with me, I'll throw this on and you can tell me what you think. So this is their the quote the the clip had just played about Tim Ryan's and this is what his reaction. Now this I, is an African American radio host. I haven't heard this by the way, so this is right. this is first for me. 
I'm, I'm, well, the jersey was black when they played the the 49ers. Well, even even still, purple, right. black, whatever. Okay, last time that I checked, uh, Ward the Nipsey Hustle, the NFL consisted of 70% black players. All right, the Ravens are not the only team with dark uniforms. Why aren't black players on the Oakland Raiders good at the fake? Why aren't the Pittsburgh Steelers black players good at the fake? <laughs> Why aren't the New Orleans Saints players good at the fake? All their uniforms are black. Tim Ryan, this is why you have to measure twice to cut once. You called into KNBR, so that means you gave this some thought. I could tell when you was talking, you even hesitated a little because you had thought about it, and you was like, should I say this out loud? All right? Before you said it, you had to know before that left your mouth that wasn't something you should say. It is amazing to me that white people still don't understand black excellence. Like, Tim, if this was a game of hot potato, you would be warm because you're close, okay? Lamar Jackson's skin color does have something to do with why he's so good at the fake because those extraordinary abilities you see that you can't explain, they come from that melanin, all right? As I told you in my first New York Times bestselling book, uh, being black is indeed a privilege. It's an honor. This melon is magical, and some things just can't be explained. And when you try to explain and give credit to anything else other than just pure black excellence— you end up sounding like you sounded. That's, and that's not Stephen, Stephen A. Smith? Boy, no. that sounds like him. No. Um, no, I, I actually, I, I tried real quick before uh, you got here to find out exactly who that was, but uh, I couldn't pinpoint exactly based on their website, so I'm not going to try and figure out who that is. Uh, but he's got a best-selling book, apparently. Um, anyway, my issues with his comment, he talks about the Saints. Black uniform, why aren't they good at it? The Raiders, why aren't they good at it? Uh, white quarterback, white quarterback. Um, you know, not even as dark. It's not in a, they're, again, the rain makes the ball look, I just, my point is that from an analytical standpoint, I think that does play into to why the fake is so hard to to uh, uh, decipher. I, from an O-lineman standpoint, the NCAA, when I was playing at Colgate, made a rule, I think in my third year, where O-linemen had to wear, or linemen in general, had to wear gray-colored gloves. Why? Because every school, until that rule came in, would have a pair of gloves that matched every jersey of their opponents. So if we were playing Syracuse, we had orange and blue gloves. Do they match our uniform? No. Why are we doing it? Because it's extremely hard to, for a ref to find your hands and call you for holding if your gloves match the same thing, match their jersey. You know, yeah, the same with sense. the rule in the uh, in the college now for the the deceitful play. You can't lie in the end zone because you're you're hiding that. Now, there's a rule in baseball too. Your, your pitcher's glove has to be a certain color. I think you can. Or, yeah, you yeah. can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't have white spots on it, yeah. or you can't wear yeah. white sleeves. I think yeah. even in baseball because it, it, it hides the ball. What if you know Drew Brees? Um, or let's say Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill wears a black sleeve on one arm. He starts doing these play fakes, and they say, "Well, it's because of your the black sleeve that you have that you're wearing that it's it's hard to pick up the ball, or a brown sleeve, or whatever." You know, then it's easy to talk about that. But uh, you know, was it was it a, a podcast that Tim Ryan was talking on, or was it, was it just a radio, a show. radio show? Yeah. I just look. I'm not going to be. I don't want to be a hypocrite. I feel like that would be something that we would have. We would talk about the boys on a couch watching football, and he's not wrong. I don't. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying he's like. I just don't think that you got to use more common sense when you're when you're talking to the public, and that's my point. I just you're going to offend somebody by that. Period. People jump on the offensive wagon so quickly now. 
again, I'm not wrong. It's just not something I'd say. And I don't, I don't even think it's something you'd say on, on air. I don't think you would think to say that. I guess from, from my perspective or my personal opinion uh, with, and the issue with this whole making a big stink of it is because I don't think he's wrong yes. in the analysis. Uh, I also don't take it as a racist <clears throat> comment. Again, I'm Caucasian, so maybe I'm not seeing it properly. That's it, but I don't see like if if somebody was saying, "Oh, well, you know, uh, this guy you can't pick up the baseball because he's got white arms and he's hiding it." Uh, you know, I couldn't figure it out. I wouldn't take offense to that. Um, and I guess it's it's understanding what can we and what can we not talk about. So in that clip, the guy says, "If you attribute to uh, the, his play faking ability to anything other than black excellence." So imagine Tim Ryan says, you know what? He's really good because he's black. Black excellence. You know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, he's listen. saying that we should be, that, uh, you know, that's what he should be attributing to, but that comes off to me as way more racist. Oh, yeah. Than what, what, Stephen a, what Stephen A. Wannabe want, sounded like, <laughs> or what I heard him say, is a lot more divisive or stereotyping than what Tim Ryan said. Tim Ryan was just sort of stating fact, like, you know, the color of the skin versus the football. That guy's just saying black excellence. I, that's 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 pretty powerful stuff. That's like, you know, you're pushing towards with the black athlete versus the white athlete when you talk about stuff like that. And that's a whole that's a whole. If that guy wants to go open that can of worms, good luck to you, pal. I'm out. I'm staying out of that conversation. But I, I'm with you. I don't think yeah. Tim Ryan was wrong. I just you just gotta show some discretion when you're talking on the radio, and you know you're a 49ers analysis and you're alumni. Like you just gotta be smarter. And Colin Kaepernick was your quarterback for years, bud. You got to be smarter. Like you just, anyway. Again, I don't, he's not I don't wrong. take he's it not as wrong. being a racist comment. It's not like oh, he hates black quarterbacks or he's against. Nope. You know, there's nothing. Me so either. For me, I, it's another. It points towards uh, a sensitive, soft society that wants to make a stink over everything. And I just think those guys that are analyzing games or making their comments uh, in any sort of way, even our thing, you're. Uh, you, I'm with you. It's almost like a lose-lose. There's nothing yeah. you can I, say that could be okay. I'm with you. But if it was a, uh, I wonder if it was uh, an African American reporter saying, you know, I mean, he's, you know, the ball's wet. It looks almost like his arm. He's got the black jersey, black pants. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do it. If it was coming from a different source. Would that have been taken Probably the way not. it was? I, I don't think so. Right. Well, look what we just heard. Exactly. No, I, yeah. So I, I, I'm actually, I think we agree. I, I just don't think it's uh, commentary that's really necessary. I just think that they're good at ball faking, whether the ball's wet, whether they're wearing, they're wearing their white jerseys, whether or not. Like, they're good. Very good at that. I, again, I don't <laughs> so. think he's, I don't think he, anyway, I wouldn't have taken it as like they're good because of the arm color. I just think that adds to it, and I honestly, from an analytical standpoint, I think it does too. Like hey. if you watch it from forty yards downfield or thirty yards where Weddle's looking at it, that's tough to pick up. Man. Hey, dude, man, it was it was one o'clock game and it was dark. Yeah, like it was rainy, and wet, rainy. dark, and I, you know for sure I, I get it. I, and they're wearing all blacks probably on purpose. I, you know, I get it. I get it. I get it. All right, let's. Uh Take a break. We're going to move on to that. If the listeners out there, okay, you guys have voicemails, you don't agree with anything we're saying or do agree or have your own take, by all means, uh, we'd love to hear uh, your voicemails, love to hear them, and uh, we can use them on the show or answer them at least. Um, but for that, we're going to put a bow on Tim <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Rob, that was your son, not me. 
And we're back. And you know what? Brock and I took a quick break, and we had a sip of coffee. And oh, someone threw Bailey's in my coffee. I don't know how that happened, but uh, thank yeah, you very much, it. Stanley's. Okay. Uh, we, but we're feeling we're feeling generous. We feel like giving something. Holiday. Um, it's a holiday it's spirit. Ho- it's a holiday spirit. It's uh, end of the first week of December. We want to give away some swag. So Brock and I have talked about this over the last few days about how we're how we're going to do it. And uh, we've just decided to keep it simple. Um, if you can, uh, almost like a referral program, if you can bring us five new subscribers, actually not even, I won't even put a number. The person who subscribes the most people in the next week and a half will get a free t-shirt. And I will get that to you personally, or if you're in the West End, Brock can get it to you. Um, so all you have to do is promote us by telling your friends to listen to the show. And also for our American listeners, because there's a big... A, a plethora of American. Yeah, users. you keep saying that, and I'm 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 mystified by that, and I, but I'm appreciative. Uh, we will send the T-shirt to you. Yeah, no so worries. If you if you get a subscriber, they can either message us and say, "Hey, uh, Joe Smith just uh, told me to, to subscribe. Um, I'm going to hopefully listen to your podcast. Thank you very much." Or you can message us on their behalf and say, "Hey, Pep and Brock, you mentioned something about referral. I just got Joe Smith to register, and I'll put you down for one register. And by the end of the week, if you've uh, if you've subscribed, helped us get five new subscribers, seven, ten, whatever. If you've uh, gotten the most, we'll give you a shirt. It's as simple as that. I like it. Simple as that. Do you have any other anything else you want to say about well, that, Brock? Or do you want to? Part of me thinks if we get some, uh, maybe let's pick the the best voicemail. So if you want to call in, leave us a voicemail. So you know, tell us, give us feedback, tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, even give us a, a wish list for guests you want us to interview. Um, I like whatever. that. Give us a voicemail, and we'll uh, we'll pick the best one. We'll play it on air. You'll hear it, and we'll send you a, a Raglan shirt. The and one I'm wearing? Well, not that, that specific. No, no. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, but I just yes. came back from the gym. No, these are nice. These are really, really nice. The material is really nice. It's uh, I, I think it's like a 50-50 cotton polyester blend. It's not. It didn't shrink that much or at all. So, um, good. fantastic. Yeah. It's good. It's got the black body with the white sleeves, so it makes... You know, your shoulders look bigger and arms look bigger and it keeps the weight. I need a bigger size so I can fit in them. Okay. <laughs> These are lovely. We got, uh, we'll, we'll give a couple of those away. Yeah. All right. Back to uh, sports. Yeah, back to some sports. I, before, I, uh, before I get into my Raptor round ball, uh, you know, uh, end of the first quarter of the season, I want to mention, uh, I had an experience at the Bell Center last week. Uh, I got to tell you. So I went to the Bell Center to watch the uh, the Habs and Flyers at home of the Montreal Canadiens. Home of the Montreal Canadiens, my favorite team. And um, somebody very dear to me got me those tickets for my birthday. And uh, I want to shout her out right now, Nola. Thank you very much. I had such a great time. Your voice got super slow. Uh, yeah, like she's, very she's great. She, she's great. I like to shout you out. Yeah, I want to shout you out. No, thanks a lot. <laughs> She uh, anyway, we we went to the Bell Center. You know, it's a, it's always touch and go when you commute to Montreal. You just don't know what you're going to get it, traffic you wise. You guys drive right there. We drove right there. It was a three o'clock game, so it was it was you know uh, I, I thought I love three o'clock games. We Said got no one ever. No, it was great, man. I got to tell you, it was uh, we got there not a not a single hiccup traffic wise. Right from we got right onto the uh, Rene Levesque, and we were boom at water, and we're right there and a parking with time to spare. Okay. It was so good. The experience in the building is what differentiates 
Montreal from Ottawa. And I know the fans in Ottawa aren't like aren't as passionate as the ones in Toronto or Montreal. We, I think everybody in Ottawa has succumbed to the fact that we're kind of a boring city when it comes to the Sens, except when they're winning. But even that, it's just a different vibe. The Bell Centre is loaded with concessions. You can't turn a corner without a, a beer concession. And they have this mini cafeteria in the downstairs. Of, have you been to the Bell Centre recently? Not recently, no. No? Uh, I was there when it uh, f- like opened, like fairly soon after it opened. But I was up in uh, the Seagram's box. Okay, okay. Uh, one of the guys I went to Colgate with, his father worked for Seagram's. So we drove all the way up there. Uh, in a nice storm, I lost my alternator on the way up. I had to get that fixed, made our way to Montreal, and it was so white-knuckle driving. This yeah. is now turning into a story. <laughs> yeah. But white-knuckle driving the whole time in this rear-wheel drive minivan, and uh, I show up at his doorstep, and the father opens the door, and he goes, oh, you made it. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, bad driving, eh? I said, yeah. He said, well, how, how can you tell? He's like, you look stressed. He's like, let me get you a drink. So he gets us, you know, of course, his Crown Royal out the wazoo. We take the train. The train stops, like, the last stop, whatever, is like six feet from the wall of the Bell Center. It's just brilliant. When we get off the train, we're in the box. Between, I think there was four to six of us, we finished two bottles of Crown. <laughs> enough that when we went out, uh, I guess the waitresses who were working that suite found us because they knew we were going out after. And they're like, how are you guys even standing still? And it was just, it That's was That's for the us penguins. to know, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just had, anyway, it was a, a wonderful time, but that. That place is awesome. Oh, man. It is it is so good. And it wasn't even that rowdy a crowd. It wasn't even a rowdy game. The game itself was, uh, the first period was, well, you know, the, it looked like the, they were still on their the, their uh, their clock from the night before. But um, it was the it just the energy in the crowd, the convenience of just like anywhere you went, everywhere, anywhere you turn. I got a beer and I was back in my seat within 10 seconds. I didn't even miss... There was a TV timeout. I got a beer and got back into my seat during play. How it's just incredible. I was it was incredible. The experience was incredible. The stadium is beautiful. Had you been to the Forum before, though? You know, my brother had, was uh, at McGill and he used to go watch a lot of games at the Forum. I never got a chance to go to the Forum, and it breaks my heart. I visited the Forum after they've renovated it. It's a, the Pepsi Forum now. It's a movie theater. And, yeah, uh, I've been there as a movie theater. Like when I was at training camp at St. Jean. Yeah. Somebody picked me up and we went and we watched a movie there. Yeah. Uh, There's a Yuck Yucks in very there. very cool. Yeah. Uh, but I'd been in the actual Forum for my first ever hockey game. So James Kelly, our friend James. Yes. Uh, when we were both big Leaf fans, uh, his father took us and we went to Montreal for a game. Was it post or pre uh, or um, pre 93 Cup. Uh, so they had a couple of lean years after, after they traded Roy. Oh, it was, uh, shoot, I guess it was pre, maybe? Was I wasn't Roy very old. Nets? I'm trying to think how old. No, no, I'm trying to think because Peter Ng was in Nets for the Leafs. Uh, Russ Cortnell was on the team. For the Leafs? For the Habs. For the Habs. Uh, Russ Cortnell? Russ Cortnell. Okay, yeah, so for sure. This was like in early 90s then, or late 80s. Okay. Yeah, because I don't. Wow. I wasn't super old, um, and uh, I remember getting there, and we were up in the three hundreds, and it's so steep. It's crazy. The form it was so steep. I was like scared to stand up, you yeah. know, because you don't want to fall over. Fortunately, the Leafs lost eight to one, so I didn't stand up at all. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> actually, that was the one where I saw Russ Cortnell. And he was coming around, trying to go in the blue line, and the guy made a pass to him, and it was about a foot and a half off the ice behind him. And Russ Cornell stuck his, he was down the right side, right wing, had his right foot skate, and put it behind him and, like, 
hit the puck with it, and it went right on his stick. It was called offside, but it was the coolest play I've ever seen at such full speed. That was so impressive. Um, that guy, that guy had so much speed and skill. He, I don't, he just ne- it never, he, it never transferred into like a forty goal season. Like you just felt yeah. like the guy had all the talent in the world. Like a Stefan Richer, you know, hard shot and uh, good skill. Just never, just never happened for them. Anyway, anyway, my, back my whole, to your, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. My whole point was the energy in the building for a team that had just lost eight in a row. Like you'd never know, and the place was packed, and it's a, the energy was wild, and you just. I'm not here to poop on the Sens or the crowd in the Sens. It's just different. It's a different vibe. What do you triumph the uh, uh, insult compa- dog? I just think <laughs> for me to poop on. Poop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Ottawa. You, you need to up your game, stadium wise. Uh, you're you, falling on deaf ears, bro. Yeah. Everything yeah. in Ottawa, you know it. Yeah. yeah. We all know it. And well, it. You only really realize it when you go to one of the other markets, yeah. Montreal, Toronto, and you say, you know what? This is the atmosphere. Like this is the energy you want to feel. Ottawa doesn't have that. Regardless, win or lose, you know it's it's the as location. They win is better, but it's it's uh, it's not the same energy. I'm convinced now more than I have ever been because I used to think, well, location. Come on, there's a lot of people living in Canada, Barhaven. It's the location. I was talking to a guy yesterday who travels to Atlanta for work a lot, and he to, he says it's the locations of the buildings that allow him to go out before game, before games, and after games. Uh, and he travels to Chicago, Atlanta. He goes to a lot of the big cities for work. And he says, Ottawa, it just sucks. Like, you, you, where are you going to go for a beer? Oh, yeah, for hockey? No. It, uh, other than the arena. Or there's a, there is a Darcy McGee's up the road from uh, from the, the stadium. But it's, you know, you it's, it's enough well, you, of a you trek. You can't walk there. No, you can't walk. So. Well, I mean, you can, but nobody's walking there. I just don't. And Marshy's is not there anymore. Yeah. So the Burt's Bar is, is a much tamer version of what it was yeah. when it was Marshy's. So you're it's going. Not, you're really going for hockey. Like you're you're yeah. going for hockey, and that's it. And if you decide to go out, you're taking your car to uh, the Canada Centrum to go to Crazy Horse or something like that afterwards. Yeah. It's just it just it's not convenient, guys. And you got to fix it. Or, or I mean, you're just not going to attract the big guys, the big stars here. You know, in Buffalo, the, the that's the problem in Buffalo. Their downtown city uh, nightlife is terrible, and people the the players don't want to play there. Robin Leonard was like. Robin Leonard was like Buffalo is the worst city to play in for hockey, and I'm. The, was uh, Marshawn Lynch not saying the same thing about football? Right. So anyway, yeah. I'm off. I, I I know I was gonna. I wanted to talk about the Raptors, but I wanted, I didn't want to mention that the, I had such a great time, and we might be going back in a couple weeks. But anyway, all that to say, um, I'm gonna keep my Raptor round ball. We're only a, we're only a, a not even a fourth into the season, but um, I do see some issues with the uh, Raptors. They've uh, they've just lost two in a row at home. They're not going to win 82 games. I get it. To lose two at home to two very, very good teams in the Miami Heat and the last night, the Houston Rockets. <sighs> I mean, they're clo- they were both close games. Miami went into overtime and last night, I think, and, uh, you know, they had their chances last night. They ended up losing by 10. But the issue I see with Toronto, and I, this is the, the, the lineup that I'm very uncomfortable with, is when they have Van Vliet and Lowry on the floor at the same time. Last year, they'd had Van Vliet and Lowry starting occasionally. When, especially when... Uh, Van Lee would come in for him normally, right? Normally. Yeah. Especially when Leonard would do the old load management city game. They would start those two guys. Um, I think towards the playoffs, it, it, they, you were seeing that lineup more and more. But my concern is this. The Rockets last night, they have a big backcourt. Harden, uh, they, they signed Ben McLemore to a very, very friendly contract. He's a tall guard who shot really well last night. And Westbrook. And those guys are big. And they imposed their will on the Raptors' backcourt last night. 
Um, when it comes to the Raptors' backcourt, they're too small. Lowry and Van Vliet can't guard okay. the, the, the big guards in, in, the, uh, in the East and the West. And we look at Miami Heat. Their backcourt is uh, Jimmy Butler. And they've got another another guard that they drafted, uh, Tyler Harrow. I may be mispronouncing that. Those guys are like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. So, you know, what they get on the offensive end from Lowry and Van Vliet, they're going to lose a little bit on the defensive end. So I think they have they should really consider... Andre Iguodala was a name that came up on some of our uh, some of our Facebook pages the other day. Would you trade Norm Powell for Andre Iguodala? He's a 16-year vet. He's still relatively healthy. He's a big guard, and he's won some championships. And, you know, initially, I think all of us said, no, we want to keep Norm Powell. He's a, he's a good rotation guy. But do we want to deal Norm Powell for a 16-year vet who's big and can defend? And now I'm thinking, well, I don't know if I'd deal Norm, but if there was a way to pick up a guy like Iguodala, a big guard who can defend Jimmy Butler or defend uh, Russell Westbrook. Mm. Last night, Harden only had 24 points. I'm not sure if you watched any of the game, but the Raptors double-teamed him. Every time he got the ball, they, they double-teamed him no matter where he was on the offensive end. It was wild. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, he's been averaging 50, so it's not like... Yeah, but he's also had a ton of space, it seems. Yeah, yeah. So double him. Yeah, they, make, they him, him. make him... Make the other guys beat him. Do something that's not his strength, which is shooting from anywhere. And he did, he did a really good job of getting Macklemore and Westbrook the ball. And they looked good last night. The Rock, That was the first time I've seen the Rockets play this year where they looked uh, offensively fluid. And I think the Raptors, they're, they're, it may not be a big deal right now. Lowry's just getting back uh, you know, from an injury and Ibaka, and they're trying to work those guys back in. But they looked really good without those guys. So if this continues where they beat the weak teams, but they struggle against the elite teams, which is bound to happen, yeah. they may look to deal uh, come trade deadline because they're not that far off. Their, their core is Van Vliet, Ananobi, and um, Pascal Siakam. Is Norm Powell part of that? I don't know. He's playing really well lately. He's had to. But he might be somebody you, you consider throwing in Low a veteran like Lowry and Norm Powell, and you, you bring back a big guard. You, you go up and pick up a, a veteran point guard to back up Van Fleet. I don't know. What about these rumors around uh, DeRozan? And uh, I think there was a, it was a Norm Powell and maybe a pick? For DeRozan? Is that well, what there was there was a, there's talk. That one one NBA expert said uh, that wouldn't be the craziest thing if that happened. I, you know, it, it'd be a reunion. He loves the city, but what do you deal to get him? Or is it going to take a Lowry to get him? Because you want him to play with Lowry, their best pals. It would be the whole the whole idea would be to reunite that backcourt. Uh, yeah. I, I like DeRozan's game a lot. Like this, we don't see him a lot because he plays in San Antonio. It's in the West. But he, he is, like, he's 24 and 8 every night. And we and they're not a very good team. So, you know, he gets a little bit of flack. But I don't know, man. That'd be a nice reunion. He, the, the issue with Dorosin has never been his offense. It's, it's, I think defensively he kind of gets intimidated well, by the bigger guards. So That's what I was wondering. Is he going to fit into that defensive mindset that the Raptors seem to have been embracing fairly well? Like, defensively, yeah. they look really good. Yes. And there's a lot of hustle. There's a lot of heart, which is what it takes to play good defense. Except the last two games. I gotta tell you, with Lowry, I, I'm not pooping on Lowry either. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not here to poop on the Sens or Lowry. All right, I'm gonna get a, a soundbite for Triumph, the insult dog. With the <laughs> when I say poop, comment. oh yeah, I will. Uh, I, but you know, the uh, he's undersized and he's got a lot of miles on him. Maybe he's maybe he's just coasting for the bigger games. I don't know. It's hard to tell, but it's only been two games, and 
my concern is that they're a little sm too small in the backcourt. That's that's my. Should point. they load manage Lowry like not to the point that they did with uh, Kawhi, but maybe maybe on a certain level. I mean, he is getting older. He's a guy that you want to be able to have on the court in meaningful games, with his. You know, playing at, at, at as close to a peak as possible. Yeah, maybe. I, all I know is this. When, they, when he was out the last uh, seven, eight, nine games, Van Vliet and Siakam are, were unreal good. Like running the offense, the ball was moving, um, good shots, good defense. Lowry comes back, and yeah, he takes the occasional charge. You know, yeah, he sets up the offense, but he also turns the ball over quite a bit. And he, he can't guard on the perimeter like guys get by him pretty easily on the perimeter his his asset on defense is steals and he takes charges like he's very very adept at stepping in front and taking charges but if you if i got him one-on-one -on -one, he's he you can beat him one-on-one -on -one. so mm. and he's small so not only can you beat him one-on-one -on -one, but he, if he does catch up to you you can stop and take a jumper over him he's not going to block anyone's shot so uh, lowry's the heart and soul he he was arguably the reason they won the title last year he played so well in that last game but yeah you know i i he just they don't look as fluid with him back. Again, maybe he's it's going to take another five, six games to get him back, his, his, his game legs back. But my point being, they're a little too small, and they may look to make a deal, and that's all I'm saying. So that's my Raptor roundup. Uh, there's a lot to like, though. They are they have the third or fourth best record in the NBA right now. So uh, all you haters in the, in the States who uh, don't even mention the Raptors on your radio shows, it's time to wake up. Siakam's a legit star. When Pep says you people, that doesn't mean our listeners. <laughs> that means for other media down there. Oh, God. Did I just do that? No. Uh, um, okay. On, a, on another note, uh, just on the last one because it is Raptors kind of related because I'm wearing my Raptors hat today. I like it. I was going through Costco. Yes. Um, and <clears throat> I'm a hat guy. You're a hat guy. And uh, do you ever get it where... People just start sparking up a conversation with you based on the team that's on your hat, and you forget what team it is. <laughs> so that's what happened today. I was going through the self-checkout, and the guy starts talking rappers to me, and I was like, cool, man. Like, uh, wasn't, you know, I'm just, it was one of those, like, where's that coming from? And then you walk out, and you're like, oh, shit, I'm wearing my rapper's hat, so that's what that is. <laughs> or if, you know, if you're wearing some, I'll buy a hat if it's a nice hat. Yeah. So if you start talking to me about the, uh, you know, the Syracuse minor league baseball team, you know, I, I like the hat. I wouldn't watch Tebow. Other than that, I got nothing for you. So all my hat, I have about twenty Steeler hats. So if they, if someone starts talking to me about the Steelers, I know that's it, it, there's a good chance I'm wearing something Steeler related. <laughs> so yeah, that that's happened. That happens a lot. Steeler Nation is is uh, North America, man. I tell you, everywhere you go there, they they travel pretty well. So you should move to Barhaven because there's a lot of uh, Steeler. I mean, vehicles that are decorated. I saw uh, a hearse. Someone sent me a picture of a hearse the other uh, about a year ago. Well, that's what Tomlin, uh, Tomlin was driving, wasn't it? Isn't that his new vehicle? Does he drive a hearse? No, he sh that's his career. It'll be eventually. <laughs> oh, they're safe. Listen, <laughs> don't get me going. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge Tomlin guy, but they're 7-5 and five by some miracle. And I, I got to give him some credit where credit's due. The fact that they've been playing with that god-awful offense. It's a high school offense with high school caliber players. Their offensive line is, is elite. Their skill guys are terrible. And I, I, again, no offense to you, James Washington. No offense to you. Juju Smith-Schuster has not stepped up. James Conner, there's an article today, James Conner, uh, de, uh, to defend not re-signing him next year. Uh, and I'm with it. He's been hurt every year. And he can't handle the load. He just can't. He's not big enough. He runs so hard, but he's not big enough. 
So they need to they need to consider cutting ties with uh, James Conner and all you fantasy people who took him. I know a lot. I think I think Curtis. Oh yeah, has Curtis him. got him. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I did. You know what can I say? He's he's hurt all the time. Kid's got a heart the size of a football. It just can't. He just can't stay healthy. So, anywho, right. on that, that's the end of the Raptors talk. Yeah, and we'll come back with uh, well, yeah, college football. We're gonna finish up with some college football. We uh, it might be another topic or two before we do that or after, but we'll uh, we'll see. Let's come back with college football. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, And we're back. Uh, while we took that break, there was some action on the ice here. Uh, I guess Kane's game started a little earlier than anticipated, and uh, they're into the second period already. <laughs> the game that was supposed to start supposed to start at one fifteen is now uh, you know it's not even one fifteen yet, and it's two periods in. So yeah. fascinating. One uh, one, Nepean versus I don't know who this blue team is, but uh, not Nepean Gatno. Yeah, they're Gatno. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, we're we're back, and uh, we've got the uh, college football is starting to round into form in terms of uh, the has and have nots, and uh, Brock is going to give us his weekly edition of the NCAA <laughs> Pigskin Roundup. And Brock, cue the music, pal. And before you get into it, <laughs> Ohio State, number one. Ohio State is number one. There's yeah. a very strong possibility this year that Ohio State could win the national championship in football and March Madness. They crushed North Carolina the other night, and they look really good in basketball, I should really? say. Really? So, yeah. So, be interesting. Has that happened a lot in the in – the, really, the, the, the powerhouses in football are never really the powerhouses in basketball. It's rare. Like Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky. Well, those aren't football studs. No. Uh, I guess, really, you should be taking Florida as their uh, yeah. thing. Cause, yeah, uh, sure. Because the Gators back in, uh, what was it, 2008? Yes. It was around that. So it went uh, basketball Wilkie championship, Noah? football championship, basketball championship, and really, we were just floating. And it should have been a, 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 a follow-up football championship there, too, if it wasn't for Carlos Dunlap. But... That was, um, that's pretty. That's pretty incredible if you think about it. I didn't even think about Florida because there's really no teams that come to mind. Villanova doesn't. Do they even have a football program? I mean, I, it's, uh, they do. Know, Colgate yeah. played them this year. Yeah, uh, they're in the uh, the football championship series. But they can't hang with the LSU's and the. Uh, no, they're in a know? different thing. So just like Colgate, there's the football bowl series. Mm -hmm. So that's Division One A. They what used to be called Division One A, and then there's Division One Double A which was is now the football championship so the difference being at the end of the season the number one has the bowl series that you see on tv yeah the championship one is actually a playoff and it goes to a, a championship so interesting um not as as many teams in that one either i guess that's why they could do it but but we, uh, i would consider the i would consider the national championship the grand slam right the bowl game that we the see bowl like, game, yeah, yes. like that that's the yeah, grand yeah. slam that's the that's the, the the big daddy correct and march madness winning that that tournament is you are the you are the big daddy. Correct. So if Ohio State can do that, I guess the last team to do that would have been Florida. And even prior to that, I don't even I don't remember the last 
dual university championship in basketball and football. So no, I would probably bank on like a, a Big Ten sort of thing, like whether it was Michigan, uh, yeah. maybe a Michigan State. I don't actually. I don't think Michigan State ever won the, the football championship, but Michigan ah, sure has. Michigan State. Yes, I forgot about them. Um, anyway, those uh, those schools were probably in it at some point. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, should I play the music again? Or no? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna get right into the uh, the football college segment. So uh, last week was rivalry week. That was 14. Um, you know, the Gators covered. It was 18 points. They played FSU, who sucks. Uh, beat them 40 to 17. It wasn't even televised. That's how uh, unappealing the Florida State game is to everybody. Um, notable games within that one, uh, Virginia Tech, who was ranked 24, lost to Virginia. Uh, the Memphis Memphis and Cincinnati game was interesting because it was Memphis at number 18 versus Cincinnati at 19, and Memphis beat them 34-24. The bigger games, no, we're talking Ohio State, Michigan. And when I say big game, it's a big game in terms of the historical um, meaning of the game. But Michigan sucks. Yeah, yeah, they were they were did not put up a fight, and they lost 56 to 27. Jim Harbaugh. There's no way he has his job at the end of the season. He has not beat Ohio State. And in that rivalry, that's how coaches get measured. Yeah, absolutely. Can you beat your rival? And he has not done it. I'd be surprised if he's back. Like, you just, you got to switch it up there. Nothing's working. Um, for those who followed, uh, follow us on Facebook, I put a thing out that says, do yourself a favor and switch the channel over to see the Auburn-Alabama game. Yes, I saw that. Uh, that game, defensively, uh, was not the greatest game, but offensively and the uh, creativity and the back and forth was just, again, it was on par almost with the, had the potential of being on par with the uh, the kick six game back in 2000 and shit, I think it was, I almost want to say 2011. It's, and now it's, it's been a little while, but that was the one where the game was tied and Nick Saban decided to let or their freshman kicker try and kick like a 53-yard field goal for the win. And he came up short, and Chris Davis returned it all the way for a touchdown for Auburn. Was it that long ago? Uh, I don't think it was. Because he, he went on to play with Tennessee, I think. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, uh, okay. I'll have to check that. Curtis is down watching Kane, so he's not here to fact check. But it... <laughs> um, Anyway, time has been flying by for everything, so it's, yeah, I feel like it was wild. two years ago, but I know it was longer than that. Yeah. Anyway, this was probably the most exciting game since then, uh, but it all came down to an anticlimactic, too many men on the field call against Alabama that gave Auburn uh, another first down where they could run the clock out, and Auburn ended up winning 48-45, ultimately probably removing Alabama from the playoff talk. This was an Alabama team without Tua as well, and... Uh, you know, th- their backup quarterback, oh, his name escapes me now, uh, is very, very good. Tua's first year, didn't they Didn't they uh, use the two-quarterback system for, with? is that the same kid? No, it, that was Jalen Hurts. It was Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I knew, I was so, I've been so confused. I'm like, how, how is this yeah. guy playing? And he, So he's in Oklahoma. He's in Oklahoma okay. now. Got it. Yeah. So Got he it. did the transfer, uh, uh, actually, he might have been graduate transfer. 
But, uh, yeah, Tua came in and uh, took over for uh, Hertz in one of the national championship games there against, uh, I think it was Georgia, and uh, ended up winning the game, and then he kind of never relinquished that, uh, that starting job. Um, Wisconsin-Minnesota, they played last weekend. Uh, the winner is to play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship in Wisconsin, beat Minnesota 38-17. So Minnesota's uh, Cinderella season uh, in terms of the Big Ten, in terms of national playoff hopes, has been uh, dashed. So we're going to see Wisconsin-Ohio State again this week. It was, uh, last time they played in, like, week eight, it was 38-7 for Ohio State. It wasn't even close. Um, I really hope Wisconsin comes out and, and puts up a better showing. You get a second shot at somebody, you better better put up your best uh, your best foot forward there. And the last game was Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma was seven, Oklahoma State twenty one uh, in their rankings, and Oklahoma ended up winning thirty four sixteen. That was nationally televised, so you got a chance to see uh, Chuba Hubbard run. He was over hundred yards still against a, a, a pretty decent Oklahoma defense. Um, and that's that's uh, that's week 14. Okay, that's over. Now we are in championship weekend. So these are the games. This is your Saturday. If you have no other plans, this is your Saturday. Actually, it starts Friday night. Tonight, you have Oregon versus Utah for the Pac-12 championship. Oregon's ranked 13, Utah number 5. Utah is 6.5-point favorites. I say Oregon takes this game. That's tonight at 8 o'clock. I'm going for the Ducks. Why? Come on. Steeler, Steeler connection, not necessarily a Steeler player. Steeler connection, not necessarily a Steeler player. Uh, no, sorry, Steeler player, not necessarily a connection to Oregon in terms of uh, playing there. Well, uh, if anybody else is absolutely confused. Quack, quack. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> Duck Hodges is their quarterback. That's quarterback. his first name? Um, I guess he's good at duck calling, so they, his nickname's Duck Hodges. It's Delvin. I'm sorry. Hold on. i just like to clarify for the listeners because I need clarification. So the connection between this, you're going for the Ducks because your starting quarterback, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did not play at Oregon, whose real name is not Duck, has a duck call. Therefore, he's a duck and Oregon Ducks, and that's the connection? You got it, pal. Sometimes you just got to go with Okay. Your, okay. All right. Oh my God! I don't. Even, I honestly have no idea how to go through this. Okay, so you have Oregon. Perfect. Yes. I, let's see what happens okay. next. So we got Baylor versus Oklahoma at noon on Saturday. Da Bears. And what's the connection there? No connection. I just like Baylor. All right. Last time they played, they played this season, and that was uh, the big 34 to 31 comeback for Oklahoma, where they were down. 27 points in yeah. the fourth or something, and, and Hertz came back and really led them. I think Oklahoma, they're minus nine in this game. I think they the cover. should cover and win if they play anything like the second half. So I don't think Hertz will take them lightly. Hertz turned the ball over like four times last game uh, at the beginning. Uh, if you're wondering what all this uh, background noise, if it uh, upped the level a little bit, we have uh, at least one team is in here for lunch now of uh, kids – made up of maybe eight to 12 year olds uh, after playing hockey and they're uh, now trying to pose for pictures and parents are yelling at them to say cheese and kids are not caring. We are in Stanley's pub restaurant and grill here in the Bell Senseplex. That's why there's a team in here. So. That is why. Uh, okay, so I got Oklahoma covering. That's the Big 12 championship at noon. Four o'clock, 
It is SEC football. <laughs> this is the SEC theme song. It's number four, Georgia, versus number two, LSU. LSU's favored minus seven for the SEC championship. I have a couple people that are picking Georgia to do the upset. I think LSU still takes it. Yeah, so I think do I. overall, these are the championship game is made up of the two losses Florida had this year. So versus a number two to number four is is pretty decent. Are we doing songs over there now? Sounds, is like, that the, what's sounds happening? like the kids are going for Georgia too. Did you notice when you said Georgia, they got a lot louder. Yeah, you guys going for Georgia? But they're yelling, uh, "Give me lunch." It's weird. Uh, it's uh, nothing to do with Georgia. I, okay, I'll be yelling that too <laughs> pretty pretty soon as well. Uh, okay, teams, kid teams in restaurants. Well, irritate me. Well, if this was if they had gone to say Darcy McGee's up the road when you're trying to have a business lunch, that'd be a little bit yeah, more irritating yeah, no, no. than this. I'm not saying but they're yeah, irritating me because you. we're recording. I'm just in general. Yeah. You know, my son now is part of a hockey team, so we go to breakfast sometimes and they put the kids together. And I just kinda wanna say, nah, I yeah. should be sitting closer to my kid because if he's gonna be an asshole, I'm gonna make sure that I'm there to put him in his place. And there's a lot of parents who don't do that. Yeah. And uh that's a you whole other. You think it's cute that they're the kids are running around doing things. Anyway, Jackson I, will not be that. That is a that is another conversation. But I I, I tend to agree with you. It's like um, it's not an opportunity to stop parenting and, and give yourself a break. In fact, it's an it's a learning opportunity or teaching opportunity. Hundred percent. Anyway, that's a whole other. And anyway. that's a shout out to the the uh, support staff, waiters, waiters and waitresses that have to put up with that. Uh, yeah. Not easy. Not easy whatsoever. Um, all right, so that was Georgia LSU. Uh, we have Clemson playing Virginia for the ACC championship. Clemson is favored by 28 points wow. in this championship game. That right there is the indication of how bad the ACC is. So that'll be a cakewalk. I bet you they cover and some. Uh, and then the 8 o'clock game is Wisconsin versus Ohio State again. Ohio State is favored minus 16 and a half for the Big Ten championship. Um, I really hope Wisconsin covers and sneaks one out of here. So I'm taking Oregon, Oklahoma, LSU, Clemson, and I'm going to take Wisconsin. Uh, it's not a popular pick, and it's not one that I really believe in, but I'm hoping that they do it. So um, that's that. Um, just for your knowledge more than anything else, is uh, we talked about the top eight. The top eight if the playoffs were eight instead of four. If based on everybody wins, all the favorites win, and we had all the top five, the, the power five conferences go through, we'd be looking at LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Utah in, and then you have three at-larges, which when I was looking at the list, thinking if Georgia and Baylor play tight games, so Georgia is tight versus LSU and Baylor is tight to Oklahoma, I think they still squeak in. And then I think Florida gets in. Whoa. Yeah. How up and down their season's been? You think they're going to? Florida? Yeah. yeah up what? and down. Are you not following along? No, I'm following. Totally following. What's their I record? Know. They're 9-2. Uh, and 10-2. They're 10-2. and two. They, the lost, two, they, they lost They lost to LSU, yeah, I was who was say. probably number one at the time or close to it. Yeah. Uh, who's number two right now. And Georgia, who's number four. So the two that are playing, they didn't have any shitty losses. You know, no letdowns like... Uh, you know, Penn State's there, but Penn State lost to, uh, uh, was it Iowa or Purdue? One of those uh, teams. So, again, they had a, a letdown. No, it was Minnesota, which Minnesota's not bad either, I guess. Yeah. And it, it was in Minnesota. Yeah. 
but they have another loss too, which uh, was Ohio State. So Minnesota, Ohio State, those aren't too too bad, but they're not Georgia, LSU. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm biased, but I think they could realistically still be in there. But you were saying, like, even their wins haven't been overly convincing, right? Haven't they've gotten better and better as they've gone on. They've they've yeah. exceeded my expectations. Like most college teams do. They get better as the season goes on. That yeah. like, that applies to basketball and this as well. Is, this is a quarterback who came in after an injury early on to Felipe Franks, yeah. who is now in the transfer protocol, so he's going to be moving schools. Yeah. So he knows he's not going to win that job back. He's going somewhere else. So I think, you know, between these two quarterbacks and with uh, Mullins recruiting, I think, um, I mean, whatever. At eight teams, they're that's in the discussion. That's exciting. In the discussion, bring, to say the least. Of, it brings a little bit of excitement. I know you're not a, hu- a fan of the... I am now, because Florida's yeah. in yeah. if well, it was eight. I had a feeling when we, when we <laughs> recorded at Kurtz, and I even I actually brought up... I think I just simply asked you, what's your take on... Oh, yeah. Expe- and I, I had a harsh reaction. Yeah. yeah. Don't ever bring that up to me again, or I'll... Or I'll Punch you or no? I don't know. I, don't think, I think, you think know, it gets it gets worse the more you tell the story. Yeah, yeah. now I'm. I don't think, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll drive yeah. you. Uh, but, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's I, a sensitive thing because I just don't want it. And depending on when you ask me, the closer we get to an NFL model, drives me nuts. I have no. I'd have no interest in it. Um, other than the fact that I'm a diehard. But Gator for fan. the the NFL, it works for them because there's there are two distinct divisions. Like there, you know, it's how. If you if you were to create an NFL model, you've got to put six conferences on one side, six on the other, or what, or something yeah. to that effect. That, that doesn't work. I don't think that works for college. I don't think it, no, it doesn't. So to have an NFL model, I just don't. It's apples and oranges. I don't think it'll work. So, but to have an ex, just a slightly expanded current system, I'm I'm for it because there are so many powerhouse teams now. There are there are like you've named off six or eight legit guy legit teams that could that can pull off a win in a championship game. That's but why the the parity is there exists, but now it has a bit of a, now. When I think of like the Cowboys, the Cowboys are in a shitty NFC East division. There's a, a strong possibility that they they may win the division with a it could be a losing record, and then they're automatically in. So Doesn't that same thing is if we do the conferences and everybody every conference has a winner. Then, you know, let's say, uh, you know, Clemson, Clemson is a good team, but say Clemson wasn't as good as they are, but they're still beating all these ACC teams because they all suck. And then they get in the playoffs where you say, well, Clemson is not really better than, uh, you know, uh, in this scenario, a Georgia or a Baylor, but they're at a shitty conference. So I'd like to see a a little bit more. uh, That's the the NFL. The NFL took that risk. Sorry, I'm having some uh, earphone issues here. The NFL took that risk when they decided to divvy up divisions from three to four and make four teams per per division versus, I think it, back in our day, it was three divisions of five teams, and there were 30 teams in the NFL. When they expanded and went to four and four on each side, that's the risk you take, you know? You're gonna, you might have a weak division. If you, you th- throw in a fifth team in there... Um, there's a good chance that one of those five teams is going to have a, a winning record. So the NFL took a chance when they did it. They've had that a couple of years now. The Titans made the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight, um, won their division, I think, at that record. Ended up beating Kansas City in the playoffs. So, you know, 
it, I don't think it ha- it's it's an aberration. I mean, who thought the ju- the Cowboys and the Eagles would be five and seven and, and six and seven respectively? I didn't. More surprising is why we're talking Cowboys and Eagles during a college football. Wow, that's it. I mentioned. brought it in. Yeah, I know uh, it's my fault. I know. Well, take- you know what? Why don't we just put a wrap up on this uh, NCAA? What any other big games this weekend? That's uh, it for the games. Coaches, so you want to we'll talk see. about coaches? Yeah, coaches getting fired. The biggest one, not even being fired, is that Chris Peterson of Washington has stepped down. So he's resigned from Washington. And Washington has a pretty decent team. They've been fairly successful, um, but he's stepping down. I guess he needs a bit of a break. Um, Fair. Health, you never know, right? Health, family, who knows? There's a lot of stress in those. Anyway, so yeah. he stepped down. The other guys that got fired, Matt uh, Luke at uh, Ole Miss, he was fired. Steve Adazio, old uh, offensive line coach and uh, co-OC at Florida. He was at Boston College. He got fired. Uh, Chris Ash at Rutgers got let go, and Rutgers sucks. But they've actually brought Greg Schiano back. And when he Greg was with Chiano. when he was with the Rutgers, they were doing fairly decent. Um, you know, Missouri let their uh, their coach Odom go. Uh, Derek Mason of Vanderbilt got let go. Chad Morris at Arkansas got let go, and of course FSU let go of Willie Taggart, who walked away with. Now we did talk about it. How much? How many millions of dollars he was making, and that he walks away with. But there's also now a thing where apparently he never signed an official contract. He signed Willie like Taggart a, never did. Yeah, no. he signed like a. A, uh, a bridge one or something until they got the actual contract and it never is actually signed so I think now his settlement's going to be a lot less than what it is because he never actually signed it. Anyway, Way to go Willie. Yeah and that's happened apparently before but if you're a coach out there sign the damn contract and insist on getting that or no kidding. Um, yeah you might get screwed. And the other yeah, coaching uh, point or notable thing that I heard was Urban Meyer's name. For what program you're wondering? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. Jason Garrett's got to be out <clears throat> at some point, but Urban Meyer. Anyway, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the, the personal opinion, the P.O. box. Yeah. I'm going to ask you that, and I want your opinion on the Urban sure. Meyer thing. Sure. All right. We'll be right back. Great job, Brock. All right, we are back after a short break and an exciting conclusion to Kane's hockey game. It was uh, 2-2 with about a minute and a half left, and so we watched the last last little bit. And um, kudos to the Elmer goalie. Uh, if we can see his name, I don't uh, see it. Actually, is his name Hua? It is. Is it Hua? Yeah, his last name is Hua. He's and he, 33? Uh, is he 33? No, 30, but uh, Monster Game yeah. was, uh, came up clutch there for sure. Good anyway, job, Gladiators. Game finished 2-2, so it's a tournament style. I guess that's uh, one point, and then um, they'll come back tomorrow and see what happens. Anyway, good okay. job on that. We are going to finish up this episode with um, a two-minute drill, I guess. Four-minute warning? Four-minute warning. That's uh, the whistle sound <laughs> that, right, that we got so last we're on, second. We're on the clock. Okay, so... Quick, Brock, uh, your your thoughts on the XFL uniforms and ball? Um, I think the uniforms, so there was actually some nice uniforms. The dragons look really cool. I thought the dragons The dragons looked very similar to the uh, when they had the NFL Europe. There yeah. was like the Barcelona dragons. Yes. Uh, so it looked very similar there. There's a lot of similarities in some of those. Houston has the old uh, oil rig that, uh, or like a partial oil rig that the Oilers used to wear. I thought yeah. that was really kind of a cool touch. Uh, yeah, I mean. I can't yeah. remember the Roughnecks, I think, have an all red. With a very simple. There's striping. a lot of red. Yeah. There's a couple teams that had a lot of red in them. You like the uh, the uh, ball 
that's exclusive to each home team. So if you're playing, let's say, in, in Dallas, it's uh, Dallas's home colors on the end of each ball of the ball. Well, I saw your post about it, yeah. so I was very intrigued to see what it looked like because I thought it was going to be uh, like the old XFL ball that was uh, all black yeah. and had the... Uh, now, I wonder what they'd say about uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson's arms if it was an all-black ball. Like black but anyway, yeah, no kidding. Um, if it was a home color, I thought maybe it would be, instead of black, it was like a red ball or something like something really funky. These are, they're pretty, they're all, it's a brown ball, but it just has some outline of the, the team colors. That's yeah, cool. It's so the, gimmicky. The, the design with the ball, apparently there's two like XFL logos or stars at the ends of each ball with the home team's colors apparently made to be easier to see for the receiver because coming at you in a spiral you'll see the color first so there there is some signs to it apparently but ah, it's a cool touch you know what else helps that uh the canadians figure that out and they have a white line on the I ball. listen man if you told me to pick a ball a preferred ball i love the Canadian football i like the look of it too i don't I, or then the college one's too cool too with the half stripe with the half stripe they still use that half really stripe? uh yeah yeah i love it yeah um new england patriots cause for concern Offensively, I know the last time we talked about this was two or three podcasts ago, and you had mentioned, look, they're not showing their their game plan. Come playoffs, it's it's going to be a different story. But you gotta you gotta admit now that offensively they don't look right. I was speaking more on the defensive side because of in the past where, uh, like I think it was last year in the Super Bowl, yeah, they, they had played up to that point something like eighty percent uh, man coverage. Yes, and then the Super Bowl they went to a zone. And they kind of, kind of changed, and they went to predominantly a zone with some zone looks and zone blitzes off of it. So I was talking from that standpoint. Offensively, um, concern? Yeah, I mean, I've told from the get-go, I, I don't believe that the, the Patriots are that elite offense. Their defense has kept them in games. I don't think they've been challenged uh, that great either. I don't think they their their schedule is that strong to start off with. And then we, you know, they're they're just confident at this point because of what they've done in the past. And I think, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Brady has it. if they if anybody can get pressure on Brady, I think the games. Well, they're going their offense isn't going to be going. their defense is going to be challenged this week. They got the Kansas City Chiefs, so that's going to be a the Chiefs have we'll see what happens. Hopefully, they haven't really lived up to their potential, a hundred percent yet. But Ma their Mahomes offensively has been. Mahomes yeah. is back from injury. He's been. This is his third is game back. Tyreek so Hill back. Tyreek Hill, I think, is back. He's, because uh, that changes their whole dynamic. I if think you have a Tyreek Hill 40 yards downfield, then Kelsey looks pretty appealing. Absolutely. And uh, Conlin. And I think uh, the kid, their running back is out, though. I think Williams hurt himself last week. So, anyway, we'll see We'll see what the Patriots can do defensively against a really uh, high-powered offense. Yeah. Um, cause for concern, I think so. Um, really quick, last night, Utah took a, or the night before, sorry, Utah took a thumping versus the... Uh, league-leading Los Angeles Lakers. Dropping that in there, all right. And um, towards the end of the game, we had a situation where the starters for the Lakers were sitting on the bench. Uh, LeBron was sitting on the sideline, and I can't remember. Somebody made a really great play. I think it was a dunk. Oh, it was Kyle Kuzma made a dunk. And uh, LeBron jumped off the sideline, and he had already given his shoes away to uh, a, a child on the sideline, so he was just in his socks which I think is irrelevant for this story, personally. But uh, so he jumped on. Uh, Kyle Kuzma made a nice dunk. LeBron sort of jumped onto the court and uh, was cheering with a couple other guys. And the commentators for Utah, because the game was in Utah, it was a Utah broadcast, they, they just lost it. They were like, this is unprofessional, and this is classless, and he uh, he's, doesn't even have his shoes on. Unbeknownst to them, he had given his shoes away. Um, I, I just thought, and it, again, 
Twitter took to it uh, on the score, which is a, a, a sports platform that I follow on Facebook. You know, there was some talk on there, and I'm like, look, really, guys? You're offended by the fact that he got up cheering for a, a play? He wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't doing, any, doing anything disrespectful in terms of gestures. The point was that he was on the court You're not supposed it? to be not supposed to be on the court. How many times do coaches run halfway on the court? You're supposed to get teed up. There's a coach's box. Is he a coach? No. But guys get off the, off the bench all the time. When there's, a, when there's an N1, you see guys jumping off the bench, freaking out. It happens all the time in basketball. These guys need to relax. LeBron, uh, for the most part, is a pretty classy guy on and off the court. Yeah, he really has been in no trouble at all throughout his career. So uh, I got to say, give, relax. Like, it's, it's game number who cares in the schedule. He's just having a little fun, and they're up by 25 on the road. Let's go. What's your take on that? Um, if you have one. Well, I'm of the opinion that whether he has socks on or not is relevant. He had uh, socks on. Yeah, because if he didn't have socks on, I think that would be uh, more of a cause for concern. For him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and, I mean, nobody wants to see that. Feet are gross. Feet um, are gross. NBA feet are gross, too. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, Disrespectful? No. Uh, I mean, you're up by a lot. So if that's what the argument is, that you're already up by a lot and then you have this dunk and everybody's celebrating, but... I mean, shit. It's Let these guys guy. have fun. Like, why are you? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I'd be more upset for if somebody brought up the, uh, the, the clip of LeBron holding the ball and walking four steps and then dribbling again and not having that called. Yeah, like, exactly. Worry about that. Don't worry about him exactly. cheering on. You're putting the benches six inches from the fi- from the sidelines anyway. Yeah. So if you stand up, like these guys are big. You stand up. One of the one foot, like one step, is like four feet. You're on the court anyway. Like, it's just, you don't want them on the court if that's an issue. Again, I don't think it's a league doing it, but then back those uh, back the benches up and lose the first row. Exactly. And uh, let me tell you this from one more perspective. I remember a coach making us get, gas us in a practice once, even though we won by 25. Why? Because when, we, uh, when he put the starters off and put the bench guys on, we didn't cheer as loud for, uh, we didn't cheer as loud for the, the uh, those kids are playing with knives. It's probably not a good idea. No, I, I, honest to God, have no idea what these parents think. They think that they're off the clock, and what, is a waitress supposed to tell them not to run around with butter knives and play sword fights? Wow. Well, Sorry, lo- completely lost my train of thought. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm going to tell them in a second. I remember a coach. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. This is not even the right one. These kids are getting... The kid's got a knife. He's going he's to stab him. All right, we're uh, we're back after doing our social duty to parent kids who aren't being parented. Uh, for those wondering what happened, yeah, there's a couple of kids, a couple, there's about four. a handful of them, four or five of them, that are running around here with butter knives, and then they got they're by the bathroom with knives. Anyway. Pierre went and said something to the mother, I guess. Yeah, I just uh, went up to the table and said, hey, guys, uh, those are your kids? Yeah. Uh, they're having a sword fight um, with butter knives. And yeah. uh, she didn't look all too concerned, but she stepped up to the plate, so that was good. Anyway. Yeah, I went back. You went to the parents. I went to the washroom area to make sure what they were doing, and I scolded every kid. Hey, you got knives. Get back to your damn seat. Put your knives down and Go. And wow. then I had to go to the washroom, so I went to the washroom, and then I heard little feet <laughs> running when I was at the urinal, and I thought, oh, if one of them's come back, they shanked me right now. Yeah. While I'm there. 
<laughs> I thought I was going to send the uh, manager to go see if you were where you were. Anyway. I had a three-year-old um, that was uh, yeah, scaring me a little bit. Uh, I apologize. I was in the middle of a story, but I got totally thrown off by, by silver silverware flying all over the place. I, yeah. I was uh, Anyway, I, I was saying one time a coach scolded our starting five because we sat on the bench and didn't cheer on our bench guys as we were up by 25 during a basketball game. Yeah. And, we, and we ran like crazy the next practice, and we couldn't figure out why. And he said, look, those guys on the bench who don't play at all if it's a close game, um, they finally get in, and you guys don't cheer, cheer them on at all. They're cheering you guys like crazy throughout the whole game. And, uh, you know, that's the same thing with, the, with professional teams. Uh, their bench guys don't get to play a lot. So LeBron's just supporting his guys. Yeah. And, so uh, what did you do after you got scolded? Every other game, when they got in, you took your shoes off and you, you went out to the middle of the court and cheered them on. Well, not quite that. Okay. But uh, I certainly, uh, I certainly made the the, the bench guys um, feel feel good about their time on the court because you know what, we suffered a couple of suspensions one year and they needed to step up. So you know, I got their back; they have our back. So anyway, enough about that. Um, I, I just want one more one more topic before we wrap it up sure. for uh, for Stanley's pub, which is getting rowdier by the second. <laughs> um, Cowboys coaching situation right now; they're they're. Brutal, another brutal loss last night to the uh, Chicago Bears. No offense to the Bears. They played a, a good, sound defensive game. Uh, Prescott did not look good. And, um, and Trubinsky played really well. But the situation for the, for the Cowboys is that they really there's no pressure for them to win because they're leading their division still by a game over the Philadelphia Eagles. Jason Garrett, oh, does he lose his job at the end of the year? He's, I think by all accounts, he's not getting fired before. So... Um, does he lose his job at season's end, no matter how well they do? If they go on some miraculous run and win the Super Bowl, does he keep his job? Oh, yeah. If they win the Super Bowl, you think so? yeah, he keeps his job. The fact that Jim. he's kept it this long, if he then is successful at the end of the season, because if they win the Super Bowl, nobody remembers how shitty they are right now. True story. So if that happens, he keeps his job 100%. If they make the playoffs with a losing record or a 500 record because of the division um which is very likely because now they have seven losses right so. and uh you know they are eliminated in the first round he gone i th i think so and i think it's uh he's overstayed his welcome to a point i had to and i haven't googled it but is he like jason garrett married or something into jerry jones's family or something I well feel like you know he was a backup quarterback for aikman for years and he, the the transition just was seamless he was the offensive coordinator under parcells so you know he's been with the with the organization for his entire career and i i suspect i i if they fire him i think they keep, they keep him on in some capacity maybe I, I don't know but the fact of the matter is something wrong with the cowboys with all the talent you know, if you the talent on the field isn't performing, the next person you look at is the coach. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't see him keeping his job at the end of the year. They don't look good. They don't look fluid. They have a ton of talent. Amari Cooper, I think, is a tad overrated. Um, he's playing he injured, though? though. Well, he's playing injured, so I'm going to give him that. He still gets one of the best separation in the NFL. If he has a quarterback, now Dak is okay, but Dak is not getting the ball out when it should be. If there's timing... And he gets on in sync with a quarterback. It's extremely hard to defend him. Yeah. Um, so a receiver is only as good as a quarterback getting you the ball. That's it. So, um, what Ezekiel Elliott is he playing? Is he living up to expectations? They don't Zeke run the ball is enough. Still Zeke. Um, Jason Witten's playing well for a guy who came out of retirement. Yeah. Uh, what's wrong? 
okay, look, the weapons are there. The potential is there on paper. Um, you know, there is a rumor that uh, the Cowboys are very interested in one Urban Meyer, as we talked about. So let me ask you, what do, what do you think? Would Urban Meyer be a good fit in Dallas? I, I don't know. It, in If you look at the history of college coaches jumping to the to pros, mm-hmm. especially in football, it's not very good. It's even worse in basketball. They're, it's rare. Like Mike Krzyzewski, I don't think, can coach in, in the NBA. So, I mean, he, yes, he could coach, but how successful he'd be, I don't know. He's used to grooming kids. These are men. So Urban Meyer coming to Dallas, I don't know. Steve Spurrier didn't work out too well for him in Washington. Um, yeah, Saban didn't work well in Miami. There's no Jimmy Johnsons of the world don't exist uh, every day. Is Urban Meyer and Jimmy Johnson category when it comes to motivation and, and coaching? Would you clear? Would you compare the two? Uh, like, what are Urban Meyer's strengths? Recruiting. You don't. But you, you don't, don't recruit. recruit in the no, pros. You, you draft. You have scouts for that. Uh, honestly, I don't know. I think the one part about Urban Meyer to the Cowboys is that Zeke's one of his old players, right? So. Um, you know, but offensively, his creativity, like he's one of the the godfathers of the spread offense. You know, started that back in, uh, I think it was a Utah, Bowling Green. I mean, he was Dave Azzi's coach in Bowling Green. Um, I think if he brings some of that and is given, he's got a lot of talent that he can play with. And he can run an offense very similar to that with the Cowboys and the pieces they have. He can't play quarterback, though. Is, is Dak the right guy for that system? What Urban Meyer does and what the spread offense does, it takes a lot of the, um, the decision-making process. It whittles it down to a one or two reads for him. So it, if they go into and say, we'll take Urban Meyer, maybe even Urban Meyer as a coordinator, or he'll have his touch on it, but if the Dallas Cowboys work with what they have in the same capacity that the Baltimore Ravens work with what they have right now, and really bought into it, you know. I think schematically, I think uh, I think Urban Meyer is is very good from that standpoint. Hey, uh, I'd be I'd be for it. We all know Jimmy Johns, uh, Jerry Jones likes to make a splash, whether it's a yeah. player or or in this case a coach. Uh, I I could see it working if they commit to Dak Prescott and what. Trubinsky, what the, what the uh, Bears did last night with Trubinsky by having him roll out left or, and or right, that means they're cutting the field right in half for him. Two reads tops. Yeah. Not there, not there, run. Perfect. He, he looked more like Josh Allen last night than the standard Mitch Trubinsky. Which is, fu- which is exactly which is, what they need. It's also what beat the Cowboys last week. Yep. Trubinsky was boom, boom, and then took off. And he's a very athletic quarterback, uh, big guy, so he used those... Uh, strengths to his advantage finally I think with Urban Meyer like Prescott came from Mississippi State which was under Dan Mullen which was a prodigy of Urban Meyer and his system so Prescott probably and he was obviously very successful in college I think he would fit in well with that I think Urban Meyer is probably best suited for the Dallas Cowboys in the professional ranks uh, over any other team just because of the history with the actual players and the athletes that they have uh, as her motivator versus a recruiter and stuff that's a total different beast um, and I don't think that's necessarily the, the Urban Meyer strong suit but from a schematic and a straight football I think that uh, the Cowboys could be a really good fit as much as I hate to say it. I know I know this sounds like a, an awkward fit uh, but I really think if the Cowboys were smart 
they would ad address their offensive coordinator position. I don't think I, their offensive coordinator currently is. You've, na you've named him off. He was the quarterback for uh, Boise State for a couple of years. Kellen. Oh, uh, 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 Kellen something, right? Yeah, yeah. Kellen Win uh, Winslow. No, that's the no. tight end. Kellen Moore? Moore. Moore. So he's, it hasn't worked. But there is Kellen Winslow. He's the guy that's charged with he's, uh, uh, in trouble. sexually assaulting an 80-year-old. Yeah. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah. But, but what they could do with, uh, with uh, bringing an offensive coordinator to fix that end, defensively, I think there's some, real, there's some serious issues on the defensive. And they have a lot of talent on defense, and they're not, they're not performing. They're, yeah. they're actually very undisciplined on defense. Ron Rivera might be a really good fit. He had a lot of success in Carolina with, I mean, Cam Newton was very talented. McCaffrey, again, very talented. But you look at the wide receivers they've had over the years, and they haven't really had any studs. Steve Smith Jr. from the time he was there. I really think Ron Rivera is an excellent head coach in the NFL, and he'd be a good fit. Low-key guy. You know, it's not an easy market to play in Dallas. It's like the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. So, I don't know. Interesting. I, I think Ron Rivera would be a good fit. But, um Last thing on my topic, I just wanted to mention uh, my Georgetown Hoyas. They're in deep trouble. Uh, yeah. Two of their players are accused of theft and sexually har harassing. I, I didn't want to use the word assault, harassing, texting, whatever. A young lady or ladies. Uh, James Akinjo is their starting point guard, who's also uh, like eighth in the nation in scoring. Um, he is now off the team and is in the transfer portal. I, not sure what that means exactly. That but means he's transferring. He's he transferring schools. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's a that's a huge loss for Georgetown. He's he's arguably their best guard, if not their best player. Uh, the the other kid is a that's uh, a small forward, lanky guy. I, I could I could care less about um, them keeping them or not. You know, you do something that egregious, you should be gone. So Georgetown, it's, it's going to be another rebuild. It's going to be another rebuild, and um, yeah, just embarrassment is all I got to say. I'm embarrassed that I'm a Georgetown fan. I know Patrick Ewing jumped on it right away by cutting Akinjo without wasting any time, so uh, kudos to Patrick Ewing. He's had a tough go in Georgetown, but uh, anyway, that's the, that's my segment. That's, it took a lot longer than four minutes, but the whistle, who cares? Let's whistle this down, Brock. <laughs> we got the whistle? The whistle. Let's whistle us down. The whistle. You're putting me on the spot. Whistle Although, should uh, be this one. This one here? Is it? Yeah. There's a whistle. And that's the, that's that's the, the flag. We're that's over. the ball game. Congratulations to Jason Moss for uh, offensive coordinator of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and to Brock Campbell. Campbell. Rick Campbell is the new head coach of the British Columbia Lions. Look out, British Columbia. You you're got yourself a hell of a coach. All right. So we're going to go out to uh, a little rush. Because uh, Big Papa's in the yeah, house came yeah. up to say hi. All so right. uh, if I don't put Rush on, uh, then it wouldn't be fitting. And I had no other uh, music to choose from. I love it. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. Look, you can find us uh, on any platform that you guys listen to your podcasts on. Uh, so please subscribe, like, review, uh, share with all your friends. Uh, the more listeners, the better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, contribute as if you can. We love voicemails. We love uh, comments on the pages. Yeah. Uh, give us ideas of what you want to talk about. What's hot? What do you want it, uh, to hear? A guest. You got guests, uh, an ideal lineup you want us to, to reach out to. I don't care who it is. We'll reach out to them, and we'll try and get them. And uh, Brock and I will probably have an, one more podcast before we take 
a Christmas break. A turkey coma break. Yeah, so tune in. We'll likely throw a, another podcast before uh, it's time to celebrate. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you want to buy us a coffee and leave us a voicemail, I'll make sure that the links are in the show description. And uh, we're going to go out to uh, little Tom Sawyer. <laughs> Sorry, he gets high on.